the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Right, the metal gods to kick it off here on the Al Gattulo Crepier cast on AM 970, The Answer. Hope you're doing well. Hope you had a great weekend. Um, it's sort of a, a, a weird weekend for me. First off, I want to thank everybody for coming out uh, to the Made in Jersey Fest down in Camden at uh, Wiggins Waterfront Park in uh, Camden, New Jersey. What a great time that we had in conjunction with Brewery Strong and so many great people. And thanks to the... Uh, the folks uh, from the, uh, the, Cam- the Camden Freeholders, the city of Camden, uh, you guys did a phenomenal job. Thank you so much for having us um, in-, in conjunction again with Brewery Strong. All the breweries that were there, the wineries, the food, the music, the crafts. The- it was just what a great celebration of everything that is um, wonderful about Camden. Yes, I said it, wonderful about Camden. It was a great time. We'll have more on it uh, on next week's uh, program. Um, which may or may not be a best of. I'm not really sure yet uh, what I'm doing in terms of whether it's going to be a best of because I'm taking some time off in the middle portion of um, this coming week, and so I'm not really sure. I'm working Monday and Friday, but I'm not really sure if I'm going to have a full show put together. So um, there is a possibility that we will rerun the special um, podcast version that I put out of uh, myself and Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox. Um, That runs about a half hour, but I can play around with it to make it fit within an hour show. So um, uh, there's a possibility next week may be a best of. So we, we shall see. But it's also it's also a transitional week for me. Um, this coming week uh, will be two years to the, to the day uh, of the death of my mom. And um, it's not a good feeling. Let's, let's put it that way. And uh, loss never is. And October has always been a crazy month. But a few people in the radio business lost their lives this month. Um, I'm reminded of um, a young woman that I knew um, that um, took her own life um, a few years ago and um, this very month. So it's a a strange month for me. So uh, forgive me if I sound a little off during the show. um, I'm hoping to be the, the bubbly, effervescent person that I am, but it is difficult at times. Uh, to deal with that. Now, look, coming up in 20 minutes, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me. The back road ramble coming up in just a few weeks, right before the uh, New York City Marathon. You still have time to get a team entered. We're going to chat about that with him and some other stuff coming up in 20 minutes. I'll be there that Saturday 
uh, at the Back Road Ramble down at Screaming Hill in uh, beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. So if you're in the area, come down. I mean, even if you don't take part in the race, there's two great charities that will be um, they're doing stuff for, um, for farms and helping out people who are in need of food. Um, and so any uh, donation uh, is, uh, is certainly warranted um, at this event, and it's going to be a lot of fun. Um, we've been talking about it all along, the Atlantic City Beer and Music Festival, June 3rd and 4th at Bader Field next year. Tickets are on sale coming up in December. It's not that far away. That's just for the beer. The, the artists will be announced in February, Saturday, November 12th at the Westfield Armory in Westfield, New Jersey. It's the return of Westfield Hops, 6 p.m. to 9.30 p.m., 100 styles of craft beer, live music from Mr. Lovejoy, great food from a lot of different places, the Bearded One Barbecue, Taxi Cab Burger, Angry Archie's. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. Westfieldhops.com is where you get your tickets. The prices increase on Sunday, October 30th, and again on November 6th, 21 and over with picture ID. Now, the beer run is back for next year. Um, run through the time at the historic village at Allaire, and then you can drink beer. Um, it is taking place on Saturday, April 22nd, 2023. You can run or walk through a historic 1800s village. Cross the finish line into a craft beer festival featuring some of the best beer and eats New Jersey has to offer. If you want to run or walk the 5K and drink afterwards, it's 70 bucks plus tax. The beer is only, just for the beer only, is $55 plus tax. Uh, there are designated driver tickets available as well. Your ticket includes race registration, 12 five-ounce pours from participating breweries, tasting glass, festival access with live music, lawn games, food trucks, and more. For more info, head over to thebeerrunnj.org. The event is brought to you by the Historic Village at Allaire in conjunction with the organizer of Run the Hook and Asbury Park's Santa Run. A uh, lot of great breweries that will be there. Carton, Icarus, Burlington Beer, Source, Cape May, Alternate Ending, Jug Handle, Asbury Park Brewery, Forgotten Boardwalk, Screaming Hill, Last Wave, Red Tank, Bradley Brew, Ross Brewing, River Horse. A lot more to come. It's a great event uh, from what I've heard. I- I'm hoping to get there uh, next year. I think that would be a lot of fun. Um, you know, I don't know if I'm going to run the event, but maybe walk the 5K. I-, I don't mind walking five miles and then drinking beer. I could use the exercise. I could certainly use the exercise. I wonder if pets are allowed. I have to check that out. Pets are allowed. Maybe bring the dog. We'll see. Anyway, uh, moving along, a Green Flash Brewing Company, um, legendary brewery out of San Diego. Uh, they had some problems over the last couple of years, which ended up um, the owner having to file bankruptcy. Um, there were some issues with some investors, a lot of stuff going on. It eventually got taken over uh, by a, a new group whose name escapes me right now. Um, they're celebrating 20 years of brewing world-class beers. They're still doing their stuff, uh, but they had kind of condensed it uh, sort of to Southern California, the Southwest of the United States, but they are expanding. Um, They are introducing two all-new beers, an Imperial West Coast IPA and a Hazy West Coast IPA, now available in 12-ounce cans nationally. So um, the brand's West Coast IPA beer, uh, which is 7% alcohol by volume, Brewed with six different hops featuring complex layers of pine, floral, and ripe citrus tropical aromas. Now, the new two new IPAs in their lineup, Imperial West Coast IPA, which is at 8.9%, which is an amplified version of the classic West Coast IPA, and then a hazy West Coast. Now, this is also going to be, it's going to be available on draft, the Imperial West Coast, as well as in uh, stovepipe cans of 19.2 ounces. That's a lot. And then a hazy West Coast brewed with Citra Moteca and Eldorado hops, um, the addition of two new year-round beers comes at an exciting time for Green Flash. 
The brand is expanding its distribution across California and in new states like Arizona, Colorado, Georgia, Minnesota, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Virginia, Wisconsin, and Minnesota, with plans to expand into nine additional eastern states in early 2023, including Alabama, Connecticut, the District of Columbia, Indiana, Maryland, Michigan, North Carolina, South Carolina, and Tennessee. Um, this is interesting. So not New York and New Jersey. I'm guessing they probably haven't secured distributorship uh, in those two states, and maybe they're going to come because they're going to be everywhere but those two spots on the eastern uh, seaboard, it looks like. Um and as I've said, um, I've had my issues with Green Flash. I thought their beer was very good. Then we went to the brewery in 2017, my wife and I, and um, wasn't exactly um, what I expected. Beautiful tap room, the beer not so much. And in that conclave in Miramar, where you have Ale Smith and a bunch of other breweries around, uh, I was a little concerned. And then sure enough, within a year or so, uh, they had uh, filed for bankruptcy. There was a lot of issues. Uh, but they're back on their feet. I- I'm not planning on it, um, on going to them uh, when I'm out there, I would like to hit Al Smith if I can, uh, but maybe since we'll be right in the area, maybe we'll uh, try and hit it. I don't know. It all depends on uh, what goes on because we sort of have Friday and Saturday planned out. My best friend and I, Sunday, not so much. We will see what happens there. Um, and then finally, and then I, 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 next break, I want to talk about how I think there needs to be a move away from large cans of beer. I'll get into that great story by Josh Bernstein. Uh, We'll talk about that in the next segment. But I want to thank Frank Morano for the story who sent this to me, who used to work on this radio station, uh, from Axios. Um, Arizona has a craft brewery that is using recycled wastewater in order to make beer. So you need water to make beer, right? So the city's water department recaptures in Scottsdale water that goes down the pipes, purifies it, and gives it to breweries to recycle it into beer. City officials say that Scottsdale is one of only three in the country that have a permit to reuse water in this way. They say the other cities are in California and Texas, but didn't specify. Um, Now, again, do you really want to, you know, you think about it and you go, ooh, you know, like, really? But yes, it can happen. Um, Scottsdale Water's Valerie Schneider says, we're trying to get more people used to the idea of recycled water because with the drought and Colorado River shortage, this is a new alternative water source that we'll be using in the future. She says the city hopes using it in beer helps to normalize the recycled product because beer is delicious and everybody wants to drink beer. Okay, I agree. So nine local breweries in Arizona and in Scottsdale are using Scottsdale's recycled water to whip up a few kegs for the city's one water brewery showcase, brewing showcase at Canal Convergence. You can check it out November 4th and 5th from 6 to 10 p.m. Uh, OHSO brewmaster Brett Waters um, says that the H2O is so pure that he has to add calcium sulfate and fo- phos- phosphoric acid to make it interact with the hops and malts properly. I don't think people realize what goes into creating water to make beer. You don't just turn on the tap to make beer. He describes the beer he's creating for the showcase as a hoppy pale ale, though he's using a Pilsner malt and a Kohl-style yeast strain, which would make it nice and smooth. He said the commitment to preservation goes beyond using Scottsdale's recycled water. He said OHSO rebuilt its brewery about two years ago to create a closed-loop system that allows them to reuse water during the brewing process and to cut usage by 75%. Now, state law doesn't yet allow for widespread distribution of recycled water for drinking purposes, but Schneider, the uh, woman who works for Scottsdale, says Scottsdale is hopeful that that things will change in the near future. You know, that's that's listen. I think that's a great thing. I think if the, the water is clean enough and pure enough, why not be able to use it for beer and why not be able to drink it? Interesting. 
So when we come back after a short break, more news and notes from around the beer world. Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me a little bit later on. And let's talk about why um, Josh Bernstein's story about uh, beers in 16-ounce cans need to be in 12-ounce cans, which would make it more, I guess, more consumer-friendly, let's put it that way, or more drink-friendly. That's coming up next on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Tip of my tongue. New stuff from uh, the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Who's not a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan? Come on, man. Come on. Are you a Red Hot Chili Peppers fan? Are you? Are you? Come on. Gotta be. Return of the Dream Canteen. This was just released uh, about, what, eight, eight, nine days ago? Something like that. Uh, cool stuff. Good stuff from the, from the chilies, man. Love it. I have never seen the Chili Peppers in concert. Uh, I had an opportunity to do it during my uh, chemotherapy uh, for cancer about six years ago, and I had to turn it down because I could not go into Madison Square Garden with no um, white blood cells, and uh, God forbid I would have gotten a cold or caught something. It would not have been a good situation. It would have delayed uh, treatment and all kinds of other stuff, and it wouldn't have been cool. So uh, I had to turn down the ticket, and um, I think the person who, no, actually the person who took my ticket, I think lost his ticket the night of the show. Yeah, Gary. I love Gary. <laughs> anyway, we'll move on. I'm not even going to say anything else. Coming up in 10 minutes, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me. The Back Road Ramble coming up in just a few weeks. You still have time to get your team entered. We'll chat about that. And some other stuff that's happening on the farm, uh, Bullock Farms down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey, uh, coming up in just about 10 minutes from now. The Hudson Planning Board approving four parking spaces for a new microbrewery on Union Street. Hudson Valley 360 reports the outdoor garden area of Union Street Brewing Company. This is just above in uh, Rockland County, I believe. The uh, microbrewery planned for 716 Union Street. It's Union Street Brewing Company. It will be slightly reduced to make the space. The microbrewery, which will span 5,000 square feet and include a tap room, will take over a warehouse that's been renovated next to the Governor's Tavern. It's mainly expected to draw in foot traffic, uh, which it looks like uh, that is, uh, it's not open yet, I guess, Union Street Brewing Company, but it will be open uh, very soon, and there'll be some parking spaces there, which is cool. Now, Lawson's Finest Liquids is making its classic maple ale, which is Mad River Maple, available to fans across the Northeast. Beginning this week, the Vermont favorite is available to craft beer lovers throughout the brewery's entire nine-state distribution area. That includes Vermont, Connecticut, Massachusetts, Maine, New Hampshire, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania and Rhode Island. It's the first time that this has been offered outside of the brewery. Mad River Maple, a robust, rich maple ale brewed with 100% pure Vermont maple syrup. It's an 8% ABV, a smooth palate, pleasing feel with a slightly sweet finish. The beer's name pays uh, homage to Green Mountain State's legendary Mad River Valley, home to both Lawson's Finest Liquids and some of the region's most sought-after maple syrup producers. 
which is very, very cool. So if I see this somewhere, I have to get it. I love the fact that Lawson's Finest is in New Jersey now. And uh, there are so many good, there's so many good things from Lawson's Finest. So it's great when you see it on tap somewhere, you definitely want to uh, dive into that, which is uh, really, really cool. Now, Trillium Brewing, this is interesting. So uh, JC and Esther Tetrault, um created uh, Trillium back in 2013. Um, and as a small, it was a small brewing operation in South Boston. Um, they had a bunch of different places, but now their original flagship location in Canton is up for sale. Um, they uh, they basically um, the, the the company had acquired part of the former Reebok campus just five miles away from Canton, and they knew they had found I guess their forever home, big facility. Um, so they're taking everything under one roof. They acquired Spencer's uh, Trappist Brewery, their 60-liter uh, brew house. So they're consolidating their entire brewing team under one roof, and they're offering up their original 25,000-square-foot facility in Canton as a turnkey brewing operation. So this is really cool. So, I, I mean, this is this is cool from a Trillium standpoint. It's cool because now everything is under one roof. They can better control it. Um, they have... Uh, you know, they're not spread out in four or five different places. They're they're all under one roof now, so it's easier to control the product, which is great. Um, they are actively courting proposals right now, Trillium Brewing. Um, this is uh, their original production brewery located at 110 Chamont Road in Canton. And then it said, uh, this is uh, Ryan Shockley, the vice president of operations, said, having the opportunity to offer another creative producer this fully functional production office and tap room and retail space Located right off of I-95 with the ability to host over 200 patrons is a great way to end our chapter here. That is cool. So they're going to keep everything intact. Basically, you're going to get the keys. And if you're a brewer already and you're brewing beer, you're going to have a 25,000-square-foot facility ready to go to make beer and serve it uh, at that facility. Cool stuff from Trillium. And uh, speaking of which, for uh, cool stuff, our good friends over at Torch and Crown Brewing, located right on Van Damme Street, right next to the Holland Tunnel, they're doing their donuts and beer pairing again. So listen to this. For 70 bucks, you'll get a four-pack of Super Nice Imperial Stout, which is a maple pecan-flavored stout. You'll also get a four-pack of Almost Famous Hazy IPA, plus six freshly made amazing donuts from Super Nice Bakery in Harlem, which includes two maple pecan, one plain, one cinnamon sugar, one chocolate sprinkles, and one Loganberry to go with the beers. Now, you have to choose your delivery date, either November 7th, 8th, or 9th, and it's critical that you do that because if you choose different dates for the beer and donuts, you're not getting your donuts. So whatever date you you take, you're getting the beer and the donuts on the same day. Now, I'm not sure if Torch and Crown is going to deliver outside of Manhattan. If we find that uh, information out, we'll get it to you. Um, but this is really cool. Now, I tried to take part in the um, the donuts and beer pairing uh, I think it was two years ago, uh, during the pandemic. And um, it turned out I couldn't get the donuts in time. I got the beer, but I couldn't get the donuts. It was, uh, you know, listen, it's cool. I didn't mind. I may try and do this this year. This is right before I go on my trip to uh, San Diego. So this is something that I would really be interested in. Look, for 70 bucks, so two four-packs of beer, which will probably run you somewhere around 18 anywhere between 16 and $18 for a four-pack, right? So you figure that's about forty, but thirty-six dollars, thirty-seven dollars in beer, and then the donuts, which is another forty bucks. Which you might say, "Oh, that sounds excessive." Six donuts. Uh, these are really, really good donuts. They're big donuts. So you're probably talking about two, three dollars a donut. 
it, it adds up. Plus the delivery charge. You know, you gotta you gotta factor all that stuff in there. So um, uh, this is a great deal, and Torture Crown does such a great job. I still haven't gotten back over there yet, and uh, I need to. So if uh, John, if you're listening, I apologize. I will be over there for lunch uh, very, very soon. And then finally, uh, Josh Bernstein wrote this piece for uh, Vinepair, uh, vinepair.com, and uh, we'll link, we'll send out a link uh, to the article uh, via Twitter. Um, he, he postulates uh, why craft beer is skipping tall boys for 12-ounce cans. So the, the standard now in cans is 16-ounce cans because a lot of brewers feel, listen, you want more bang for your buck, right? But a lot of breweries... Like Zero Gravity, they released a McLighty's Light Lager this spring. Um, 90 calories, 3.2% ABV, but instead of putting it in 16-ounce cans, they put it in 12-ounce cans. Um, they, they figured, uh, you know, and, and launched a 12-pack of it, uh, which is a format that's favored, obviously, by the, the macro beers, Bud, Coors Light, et cetera, et cetera. But they did that for a, a, a very specific reason, because they know that... Um, you get a bunch of 12-ounce cans, you keep them cold, and at 3.2%, you're going to have more than one. And that's by design, right? So a, a lot of breweries have said the 16-ounce can is not exactly ideal for every single beer. Maybe it is for IPAs, but for lagers and pilsners, not so much. You don't really crush a 16-ounce can of a pilsner or a lager, right? Um, if, you're out on a, if you're out fishing, right, you want something that's smaller so that you can relax and enjoy. When you're on the beach, you don't want to be waiting to finish that 16 ounces because usually what ends up happening, four or five ounces of that beer gets warm, and then you don't want to drink it. And I've noticed it when I'm pouring beers at home that I'll pour a beer into a glass, and it'll just about fit you know, maybe 13 ounces, and the other three will be sitting behind. And a lot of times I won't finish it, and I'll end up dumping it. So I feel like I'm wasting beer a little bit. Um, you know, so... Lagers and Pilsners being downsized into 12-ounce cans, I don't have a problem with that. You want to keep the IPAs in 16-ounce cans? That's cool. Um, Even stouts. I think stouts are perfect for a 12-ounce can. You know why? Because a lot of them are higher ABV. A lot of them are going to knock you out. You have one – listen, you have an 8 to 10% 16-ounce, you know, stout. You're probably not drinking another beer. Because that's pretty, you know, that's pretty heavy for 16 ounces at 10%. I mean, I've noticed that. So uh, I would like to see more brewers do 12-ounce cans. Now, again, prices are, are another thing. You know, obviously, if, they, if the brewery doesn't have the ability to do that because they're pricing out for 16-ounce cans and not 12-ounce cans, then I can understand that. But um, just, last, just the other night, I was drinking an Icarus um, uh, beer in a 12-ounce can. And it was a stout at 12%. And it was exactly the amount that I wanted. And I drank it over two hours, and it was perfect. I think th- there should be a return to that, to certain beers, not everything. But Josh writes a great article, Josh Bernstein, vinepair.com. Uh, look it up, lagers in 12-ounce cans, or uh, just click on the link. We'll send it out. We'll tweet it out, uh, and you can check it out. It's a fascinating story. Josh brings up some uh, really good points, so kudos to him. When we come back after a short break, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery is going to join me on the program. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. 
670 the answer. You can follow me on Twitter very easily at Al Gatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G A T U L O, Facebook.com slash A G Craft Beercast. That's it. I don't do the TikTok thing. I'm not with all the cool kids. I'm not on fleek, as they say, or whatever it is. Sorry, got to deal with it. We're on Google Podcasts and iTunes. Uh, we're Alexa Ready. We're on iHeart, Odyssey, also the Hopped Up Network. Head over to thehoppedupnetwork.com. You can check out the podcast version of this show. Uh, a little bit, a couple of minutes after the show ends at midnight, you can download and listen to it along with a plethora of others at the Hopped Up Network uh, for your listening pleasure. My next guest, he's been on the show a bunch of times. He runs a farm down in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. He's been doing it for a long time in his family. A few years ago, he took a dabble into making beer, and it's become a huge success for the farm. They celebrated seven years as a brewery. They're into their eighth year, ninth year. I mean, I get so confused, especially with the pandemic. I lose complete track of time. But they've got the second year of the Back Road Ramble. This is year number two. Is coming up in just a couple of weeks, right before the New York City Marathon. So this is a good way to kind of get into it and carb up a little bit. You have some donuts and beer. It's a lot of fun. ScreamingHill.com, the website for more information and to register for the race for the Back Road Ramble. But let's welcome back to the program uh, Brett Bullock. Brett, how are you? Doing awesome, Al. Thanks for having me on. Oh, you're welcome. So let's talk Back Road Ramble. It's a race that is just a half a kilometer. This year you're raising awareness and money for not one but two great organizations, Farms Against Hunger. But who's the new group that's coming in, and what do they do? The, new, the newer group is America's Grow-A-Row, um, who we've raised uh, some money for, for with some past events. They do a, a very similar thing to the Farmers Against Hunger um, they partner with farms and, and just uh, work on basically connecting people in need of food with locally grown healthy options, uh, which is something that we think is, is really important. So we were happy to, to be able to work with them uh, as well this year. And just to clarify, it is a point zero five k, so it's not half kilometer. Wow. It's a point oh five k. Point oh five. It's very so it's even a, shorter. Right. It's a very easy. It's a very easy race, and so much fun last year on the farm and uh, raising a lot of awareness, especially for Farms Against Hunger. Um, and, and speaking of which, for those who don't know about Farms Against Hunger, what they do is they come to the farms that have the, you know fruit and produce and stuff that may be damaged but still edible, but they can't sell it. They collect it, they bring it to their pantries, and then people are able to go and pick those fresh vegetables and fruits out for use on their dinner table, which I think is absolutely awesome. And the bottom line, Brett, without farms, we don't have food, we don't have beer, we don't have all of these things uh, that we enjoy – uh, farms have been struggling since, you know, way before the pandemic. It, it, how has the farm fared from year to year, the, uh, from last year to this year? Um, you know, it's always tough. Every every year is different. When, you, when you're when you farming, you're relying on weather. So some of so much of it is dictated by that. And this year was a tough year just with the heat and drought. Um, right. We're lucky enough on our farm to be diverse enough that if the, if the grain crops like soybeans and corn are doing well, we've got the pumpkins or Christmas trees. So, um, uh, that's what we've always tried to, uh, to maintain a good diversity of, of crops in different parts of the business to sort of insulate yourselves from, from any huge droughts or, or issues. Um, but it's, uh, you know, it's always tough when, when you're relying on the weather. Oh, no, absolutely. And, and it's good that, you know, listen, it's great that we've got some rain in the last couple of weeks, and that's certainly have helped out. But, I mean, there's still more that, you know, that can be done, and especially when you're dealing with inflation and so many other things that are going on in this country. It, it really has to be tough for you guys. We're talking with Brett Bullock, the owner-operator of Screaming Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey, along with Bullock Farms. For more info on the brewery, just head over to ScreamingHill.com. We're here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So last year, Brett, you had a lot of sponsors 
uh, last year helping out with the race. Who do you have lined up this year to help out? We've got all the same great sponsors this year. Those are all like our, our local people that some of them are customers or uh, you know, wholesale co- uh, partners that we work with. Um, so we stuck with the same the same exact group of uh, of sponsors. One of them is uh, Bombadil Plants in, in Bordentown, who actually she used to work for us, and then she went out on her own and started this awesome little plant shop in Bordentown. So it's a lot of partners like that, you know, people that we're close with and other neighborhood people um, that we're really fortunate to uh, – to be able to kind of partner with on this. Uh, that's outstanding. And the farm, uh, folks, for, for those of you who don't know, I was down there last year. We did an interview with Brett on the farm for the race, and the farm was packed last year. I was, I, not that I was uh, shocked, but it was great to see so many people coming out on a, listen, it was a chilly day, but people still made, made the trek out early in the morning to sort of carb up with donuts, fill up with beer. How's the turnout looking so far? It's, we're we're on track to have another great event. We were we were hoping to have some more contestants than we did last year, and I think we're on our way. We did some online signups this year to make it easier for people. Mm-hmm. Last year we just signed up people in the tap room, kind of one on one in person. This year we have a website you can go to where you can get all the information and sign your team up, uh, which we hoped would make it easier for folks to uh, to be able to participate. Um, but yeah, it's, it's looking great. We're, um, you know, last year we were really, really encouraged with the turnout and everybody got really into it. People showed up in costumes and had, uh, different themes and not that that's required by any means, but it was just, it was a ton of fun and we're, we're hoping for a similar outcome this year. The costumes were so much fun, but I thought the best part about it was the refing. I mean, there was no nonsense here. If you, even if there was a hint of impropriety that somebody was actually running instead of walking or their, their pace was not good enough, they got fined. I tell you, it's, it's serious stuff. You know, it might be a a point, you know, five, you know, K race here, but you know, listen, you got to. Guys, take this stuff seriously, which I love. We're talking with Brett Foley, yeah. the owner operator of Screaming Hill Brewery, located in beautiful Cream Ridge, New Jersey. We're here on the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer: The Back Road Ramble is taking place on uh, November the uh, the fifth, if I'm not mistaken. That's Saturday. It's Saturday the fifth. Am I right? Because I don't have a calendar in front of Correct. me. Yep, so, you got it. Yeah, so November the fifth, uh, I'll be there. I'm gonna. I'm, I'm, I think my wife is actually going to take the ride down with me, but she wants to see this race uh, in person. It's a lot of fun. It is definitely a fun day on the farm. But I want to talk about the beer for a second, Brett. I've talked to a number of different breweries over the last several weeks, and the biggest issues right now that they're having. First, it was an aluminum can shortage. Then it was a, a crop shortage, a hop shortage. But now it's CO two. Um, and having issues uh, obtaining it for uh, their beers. Have you guys had any issues on your end with CO2? We have fortunately not had any issues. We're, you know, nervous about it, but um, cautiously optimistic. The people that we deal with have been saying that that they'll be able to provide what we need. Um, So we're encouraged by that. And fortunately, we haven't had any issues, but we have heard similar problems. I think our size helps us there. We're not so big that we're uh, going through as much CO2 as some of the larger breweries where they're requiring a lot of volume. Um, so I think that's maybe um, helped us right. get by without experiencing any shortages and, so far. And what do you have next in the hopper that's going to be coming out in the next couple of weeks? Uh, well, we're brewing a, uh, a new rye lager that we're really excited about. Um, that probably won't be out in the next few weeks. We're brewing that this week. Okay. Uh, but that's something that, that I'm pretty excited about. Um, we've got uh, a few seasonal beers coming up. Winter shenanigans is something that should come out around uh, Thanksgiving, which is like a holiday. Um, we do a, a bottle, like a wax bottle. Um, it's actually a, a, a fruited light beer called Winter Shenanigans that we carbonate really high, and it's like a, 
sort of a holiday celebration beer that's you know high ABV meant to be shared with friends. And that's always a fun one. Nice. And uh, and when does the brewery close down out, outdoor operations for the season? Or do you extend it into the winter? We'll go through the winter uh, at least till till um, till Christmas because we do cut your own Christmas trees right. as well. So we'll be open through that season, and then we'll close in the porch and get the heaters going so we can fit. Um, some people inside, and then um, we'll probably shut down for January and then reopen in February um, for indoor. And then, uh, you know, as soon as the weather turns, the outside will be open too. Right. And, l- and let me tell you, folks, Bullock Farms, they do pumpkins. You can uh, you can go out there right now and uh, pick your pumpkins. You can enjoy some beers at the brewery. They're only open on the weekends for the brewery, but you can go out there and pick pumpkins. It's a beautiful ride that uh, they take you out on a tractor. Uh, a, you know, about a about a mile a mile out, and you get you get to pick your own pumpkins back on the uh, tractor and back to the uh, to the barn, and then they do cut your own Christmas trees, as Brett said. There's a lot of different things that go on uh, at the barn. But last question from me, Brett: You have a very cool nighttime activity that's going on at the farm on October 29th. Tell everybody what that's about. Yeah, so we've been talking about doing this for years. We're excited to finally pull the trigger on it. We're doing a nighttime corn maze. Um, we've got a, about a five and a half, a half acre corn maze on the farm. Um, so we're going to do a nighttime version where everybody brings their own flashlight. And at the exit of the corn maze, uh, Screaming Hill Brewery is going to have a, have a, uh, have a little beer garden set up. Uh, so folks can run through the corn maze at night, find their, find themselves way, uh, you know, find their self, right. uh, through a spooky corn maze and then come out and celebrate with some beers. It's going to go from six thirty or sorry, six to nine thirty, Um, and we should have about six or eight different different beers on tap uh we're gonna have some fire pits it'll be like an old-fashioned field hang uh and it should be a ton of fun we're really excited about it nice so that's saturday october 29th you want to check that out you bring your own flashlight you go through the corn maze when you come out hey there's beer waiting for you at the end of it that's pretty awesome my guest has been brett bullock the owner operator screaming hill brewery they're located in beautiful cream ridge new jersey it's also bullock farms as well the back road ramble saturday november 5th you got to be there it's an early morning thing you carb up with some donuts you carb up with some beer go to screaminghill.com you can register your team they still have places open for your team it's four people it's real simple it's a handoff with a a a, a, a cob of corn, an ear of corn it's awesome brett Thanks so much for joining me tonight. Really appreciate it. Looking forward to seeing you on Saturday, November 5th. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. You got it. Anytime. Up next, it's time for Suds and Duds on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Segment of the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, Joe Bonamassa, Road to Redemption. It's his new album uh, that is out now. Uh, at, I guess it's an EP. There's only six tracks. This is uh, Black Roses. Good stuff from Joe Bonamassa. Man, I love him. If, if you have not seen him in concert, you are missing out on something incredibly, incredibly special. You have got to uh, you got to get your rear end out to see Joe Bonamassa. He is just. Uh, He's just unbelievable. Bottom line, you can't, you can't, it doesn't get any better. I'm sorry. Anyway, let's move on uh, to Suds and Duds. 
which of course is always is our final segment of the show. Just to let you know, next week's program is going to be a best of. I'm going to be away for a couple of days. Uh, I don't have a lot of time to put something together. So um, we did a special podcast version of the show about a month ago with Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing. I have now cut that up into segments instead of one long uh, show, and uh, that will be the best of uh, for next week. It's all about the, um, the the special ruling from the NJABC and how Chuck and his brewery is now suing uh, the New Jersey Alcohol Beverage Control, uh, saying that they've uh, done a number of things. They didn't do a number of things right in enacting uh, these rules, and he feels that he has a legitimate case. And I, I tend to agree with Chuck on this. I think uh, part of it is a First Amendment issue. I think that um, he will win on that. Um, and then there are some other things in there. I think he's got a good shot uh, at winning uh, both ends of it. So we'll see what happens. But anyway, it was an interview that was taped about a month ago, uh, and that will be the best of uh, for next week's program. We'll have one new segment in the program. The rest of it will be uh, the interview uh, with Chuck. Now, let's dive into Suds and Duds. So um, was at Lost Tavern Brewing a couple of weeks ago uh, for their big event at um, – you know, the whole uh, uh, hops, for, uh, hops for Hunger, Hope for Hunger, Hops for Hunger. Why am I getting that wrong? I don't, I don't know. I, I sometimes do this. This is what happens when you, um, when you record a show uh, very early in the morning. You sometimes forget a lot of things. But anyway, um, let me tell you about uh, what has happened so far. We don't have the, um, uh, we don't have the whole uh, tally yet, but... This is from a post from their uh, Facebook page. It said, uh, we've got a lot of big news to share on the wild success of this year's Hops for Hope, our annual pediatric cancer fundraiser. Thanks to you all from the amazing breweries who donated their time and tasty suds and beautiful souls to our incredible staff and volunteers, to the hundreds of people who came out to drink some great liquid while helping us raise a ton of money for the kids while celebrating life together. We thought we'd share a handful of the great shots captured by our good friend at uh, Uncapped Chris while we finalized the figures to share. But spoiler alert, Remember last year when we raised $20,000, which totaled what we raised in the first five years combined? Well, that's no longer the record. Stay tuned. So they haven't announced yet, but it is well north of $20,000, which is very, very cool. And I'm, I'm happy that I, I went to this event a uh, second year in a row that I've gone. I will be back again next year. It's a fun event. It's a lot of fun in a very short period of time. It's two hours of drinking, uh, really condensed. Uh, but it is definitely something that I'm looking forward to uh, again. One of the beers that I did pick up there, this is a, a collaboration between Lost Tavern Brewing and the Granola Factory of Bethlehem, Pennsylvania, and they call it Clusters. It is a toffee, almond, nut brown ale. This was nice and toasty, great flavors of the granola and nuts. Really enjoyed it, let it warm up a little bit. Uh, it was a really delicious collaboration, so uh, very cool on that. Uh, and then so a couple of beers that I had gotten from uh, the ladies at uh, Crack One at the Summit uh, from uh, Kim and Colleen. Uh, one of them happened to be Bolero Snorts Cyberbullied. I thought I had had this, and I hadn't. Great hop, pop, hazy, uh, just a delicious beer. Went down really smooth. Not surprising. I, I, I love pretty much everything Bolero does, so what can you do? And then I was over at Wet Ticket. We had a great conversation with, um, with Tim Pewitt. Over at uh, Wet Ticket, which uh, reminds me to let you know that Wet Ticket has a new release that is out, and it is in cans right now, and it is called Suggestively Sour. It is a red raspberry uh, Berliner Weiss. It is very, very subtle on the sourness, 
Um, this is something that Tim um, was sort of, I don't want to say reluctant, it's just not in his wheelhouse to, um, to brew, but he did, and I'm glad that he did because it's a delicious beer. Uh, it really is a delicious beer, and um, I have to tell you, I, I'm, I'm, I've got to pick up cans of it. It is, uh, it again, is a delicious beer. So that's their newest beer in cans. You want to check it out. But while I was there, we had a great conversation, Tim and I, just talking about um, you know life in general and stuff, a little bit of beer, but for the most part, life in general. And um, you know the trials and tribulations of uh, dealing with life as middle-aged adults, let's put it that way. But uh, I had a had an Elise, uh, great beer, such a great IPA that they make. It's balanced. It's delicious. It really is one of the better IPAs that Tim puts out. Uh, it's definitely something. And I love the can art on it. Uh, there's a great story behind it. He saw this picture um, and uh, decided that, that he was going to make that the label. And it turns out it was uh, uh, friends down the street who had, had done the artwork, and he bought the artwork and put it on the can. It's just it's a phenomenal beer. It really is. If you haven't had it, you should have it. And his Hefeweizen, as always, I have that when I go there when, and when it's on tap because it is just, it, it's, a, it's a great Hef. For an American brewer, it's a great Hefeweizen. And I find myself trying other Hefeweizens from other breweries, and I'm kind of not crazy about them. And his is probably one of the best. And then I had a little taste of the uh, Mexican lager that should be back on, in kegs this week uh, at Wet Ticket. And it was just about carbonate, and that's where we're getting into the discussion, Tim and I, about the uh, CO2 problem, because they're having a CO2 problem, along with a lot of other breweries, of being able to purchase CO2 and carbonate their beers. Some do natural carbonation or recapture the carbon uh, to put back in the beer, uh, but uh, for some, they can't do it. It's not cost-effective. So uh, that's an issue. That's a big issue. So, um, you know, uh, I'm hoping that, uh, you know, this is a problem that gets resolved sooner uh, rather than later. The Cat's Pajamas by Full Tilt Brewing. Uh, this is one that Colleen gave me. Uh, this is, wow, very maple syrup heavy. Um, it takes it, it sort of takes away from the other flavors in the beer. It is good. Um, I just thought it was very, very maple syrup heavy. Like I, I tasted more as I was drinking it. it. It felt like I should be putting this on pancakes. It really felt like I should be putting it on pancakes, French toast, maybe waffles. Waffles, like a chicken and waffles, and then just kind of put that on there. That's that's my thinking. I mean, you know, that's just how I feel. Anyway, um, I had to pick up some beer at Source uh, last weekend, but we made a stop over at uh, Carton Brewing, my wife and I. Or actually, I did, because I just walked up and got cans to go. Uh, we had some uh, lunch in uh, Atlantic Highlands. We got some ice cream, great little ice cream place over there, whose name escapes me at this moment. Um, but it's right next to the new movie theater, or not new movie theater, but the movie theater that Kevin Smith purchased. Um, Carton Canyon by Carton Brewing. Good flavor. I, I like this beer. It's an adjunct lager, um, but it's really, really good. It's nice. A um, little bit higher on the ABV side. I think it was, I think it was closer to 6%. Um, this beer, delicious beer, though. Really, really good. You can't go wrong um, with stuff that Carton makes. You just can't. I would have liked to have sat and had a couple of beers, but uh, we had to get back for the dog, so what can you do? Apple Cider Donut Ale. By source, I love this beer. This is a great seasonal beer. They do this with um, uh, who do they do this in conjunction with? Is it Battle Battle Battleview Orchards? I think it's Battleview Orchards. Yeah, Battleview Orchards. They do this in conjunction with. Um, <clears throat> it's a great beer. It's a great dessert beer. It's a sort of a, a pastry uh, cream uh, ale. Uh, it is delicious. It's smooth. the The flavors of the apple don't overpower. The whole thing with the cinnamon and everything else, 
It's a really, really delicious beer. It, it is something that you should have for dessert. Maybe a slice of apple pie. Wouldn't be a bad idea with a little whipped cream on top. Or a little ice cream. They did a, a dessert um, with, this, with the beer down in Fishtown with apples and pastry and whatever. And it was, oh my God, it was so decadent. I think it had vanilla ice cream on top. It was fantastic. Fantastic. By the way, again, kudos to Source in Fishtown for their burger winning the People's Choice Award at the Food Network event on the deck of the Intrepid. Um, that is awesome. You get a gold at the, at the Great American Beer Festival, and then you win the People's Choice Award for Best Burger that um, some of the breweries, some of the breweries, some of the uh, celebrity chefs were coming over to check out the burger. That's how good it was. And I've had it, and it's delicious, and i got to get back down to Fishtown. So kudos to the guys at Source at Fishtown. Uh, for that big win. That's huge. Uh, and then finally, Treats of Strength. I think this is my last can of this from Icarus uh, that was in the fridge. Uh, love this beer. You gotta, if, you, if you get a chance to have it, warm it up. It gets better and better and better uh, as it warms up. It's a delicious beer. Uh, it's really good. The, 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 all of the different chocolate and hazelnut all kind of uh, mixes well together and warms up very nicely. It is a delicious beer. Kudos to Jason and his guys um, You know, taking care of business there with that particular beer. Folks, we're out of time on the program. Again, remember, next week's show is a best of with uh, Chuck Garrity from Death of the Fox Brewing. We'll have an all-new live show uh, the following week. Week, My thanks to everyone involved in the show, as well as my guest, Brett Bullock from Screaming Hill Brewery. Uh, the Back Road Ramble coming up just a few weeks. I'll be there on the farm Saturday, first weekend in November. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back live on the Joe Piscopo Show Monday at 6 a.m. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Cheers, everybody. Three star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to, he understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.